0: Hey everybody, this is Matt, and welcome to another Overflow Pod. Did you know today we all live with a common fear? It's the fear of missing out. Since we're all on social media all the time, we see everyone living their best life. Because no one ever posts about a boring life or what they do every day, but just the highlights. And in a desire to keep up with everybody... People have overbooked their calendars, overspent their money, overdrawn their credit, overloaded their emotions, overworked their bodies, overcrowded their days, and overvalued the approval of other people. And as a result, you may feel overstressed, overanxious, and overwhelmed. Now, why do we do this? Why do we do overkill? Well, it's the fear of missing out. We don't want to feel inferior or inadequate or unloved or left out. So in this pod, I wanna look at the subject of moving from being overwhelmed to overflowing. There are two vastly different approaches to life, and you can approach life with a shortage mindset, or you can approach life with a surplus mindset. There's a big, big difference between the two. A shortage mindset means I never have enough and I never will, and that's gonna leave you feeling overwhelmed. I don't have enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough contacts, opportunities, knowledge, education, or whatever. It's the feeling that you're always a little bit short and a day late that causes you to feel overwhelmed by life. Now, in the Bible, words like lacking or wanting or needing are used for this lifestyle, this shortage mindset. A good example of this is there's a famine in Israel, and Elijah and his servant Gehazi had a discussion about this in 2 Kings 4 42 to 44. It says, A man brought Elisha the prophet some loaves of bread. Remember, there's a famine. Elisha said, Give it to the people so they can eat. Elisha's servant said, There's not enough here for 100 people. Not enough. That's a shortage mentality. And just give it to them, Elisha said. The Lord has promised that there will be more than enough. Now that's a surplus mindset. So the servant gave the bread to the people. And you know what happened then? They ate until full and still had some left over just as God had promised. The shortage lifestyle says, I'm never going to have enough. While the surplus lifestyle says, I've got more than enough. The result of a shortage mindset is I focus on my limited resources. I look at all the things that I'm lacking. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. And the result of this is an overwhelmed life. I just feel so overwhelmed by everything going on. I'm I'm always behind. I'm always in competition. When you're living that shortage lifestyle, you think that life is like a pie. And there's only so many slices to go around. So if someone takes a big piece, that means a smaller piece for you. That there's a number of limited resources and if they get more, you're gonna get less and you're gonna get resentful or you're gonna be worried or anxious because there's only so much of the pie to go around. That's a shortage mentality. It leads to envy and jealousy and resentment, to worry, to insecurity. And if you have any of those things in your life, you're living on a shortage mentality that there's not enough to go around, that I should resent it when I don't get enough. Instead, God wants to give you another type of lifestyle, which is the surplus mentality. The surplus mentality is this. God has more than we will ever need, and he never runs out. God doesn't give us a pie. He is a pie factory. There will always be more pies because God will keep creating them. So we don't have to worry about the pieces because we have all new pies. And in the Bible, we have words like abundance and plentiful and bountiful. God has more than enough to meet our needs. Now, think about it this way Have you ever worried that the person breathing next to you was stealing your air? Well, of course not, unless you're in the Lorax. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen that movie, it's kind of fun. Why? Because God created more than enough air for everybody to have plenty of air, all you need. And everybody else can have all they need, too. Now, the result of the focus of a surplus mindset is instead of focusing on my limited resources, I focus on God's limitless resources. And that changes everything because God's unlimited, limitless resources, he's got plenty and the result is an overflowing life. Now, with that understanding, we go to where we're going to today in the Bible, of Psalm 23. And we've been studying the goodness of God in Psalm 23 for many, many weeks now. And we've come to the next phrase in Psalm 23 that says, you will fill my cup to overflowing. The ICB translation says, you give me more than I can hold. The New International Version says, my cup overflows. And if you memorize it years ago in the King James, like me, it says, my cup runneth over." Now, what's he talking about here? He's talking about the overflowing life rather than the overwhelmed life. Now, I want you to compare. We've been in this psalm for a long time, so you probably forgot the beginning. There's only six verses. It starts, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need or I shall not want. He gives me everything I need. I shall not want. Now, in verse 5, it says my cup runs over. He's taking it to the next step. See, verse 1, God gives me everything I need. Verse 5, God gives me more than I need. My cup runs over. I can't keep it all. Now, what's your cup? What's the metaphor here? It's Well, it's your life. My cup is my life. And when David said, my cup runs over, he's saying, my life is overflowing. I'm not overwhelmed. There's like a river coming out of it. It overflows. And Jesus talked about this in John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, 2,000 years after David he said this on the last day of the festival. It's the important day. It says at the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. Now, there's a, probably 50,000 people on the last day of the festival. And you can imagine the drama and the crowds. And Jesus stands up and shouts to everybody. And what he shouts is this. The verse continues If you are thirsty, come to me. Everybody kind of looks around, probably. If you're thirsty, come to me. Everyone who really believes in me will have rivers of living water flowing out of their lives. Now, what's he talking about there? He's talking about the same thing that David talks about using the same language. My cup runs over. My life is not overwhelmed. My life is overflowing. I'm not worried about running short of anything because God is the source of my life. He can turn on one faucet. He can turn off another. I can lose one job. He can give me another. I don't think there's no more water in the world. No, we just turn on another faucet. That's the overflowing life. So anybody who believes in me, that word believe there is "pistuo," which means more just than having head knowledge. It means I believe Jesus is the son of God. It means to trust in. It means to cling to, rely on, depend on. So if you have turned to Jesus and asked for forgiveness of your sins, he has forgiven you everything you have done, are doing, and will do. He brings you into his family and ushers you into the overflowing life. He says, if you really, really, really depend on me, your life's not going to be overwhelmed. It's going to be overflowing. And you say, well, okay, fine. What is an overflowing life? Well, let me give you a definition. It means just to be filled beyond capacity with an endless supply of God's goodness. And that's what I want in your life. And I think you want that as well. You want to be... Have that awesome life filled with God's goodness. Now this metaphor that the cup is your life, my cup overflows, the Bible uses this throughout the Bible, throughout scripture. It talks about having a cup of joy, having a cup of blessing, having a cup of hope, of peace, of salvation. It says, I want your life to overflow with joy and hope and blessing and salvation. Why? Because God is a good God. You got to remember, we've been in this series for 15 weeks and we've been looking at how good God really is. And I want you to grasp this sentence. Because God is good, everything he does in my life is for my good. Anytime you have any doubt, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to worry. You're going to have all kinds of problems because God is good. Everything he does in my life is good. Even the tough stuff He does in my life is for my good. Now, there are a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about this. Isaiah 48, 17 and 18 says, I am the holy God who rescues you for your own good. I teach you and I lead you along the right path. The reason we have the Bible with all these principles in it, he says it's for our own good. He teaches us so that we can live a better life. And then he says, how I wish that you'd obey my commands. Then your success and your good fortune would have overflowed like this flooding river do you know that God wants you to succeed in an overflowing way? Of course, he wants you to overflow with good fortune and success. Everybody wants to be a success, right? Well, he says all you have to do is observe the commands I gave you. That's your key to success and good fortune. Notice the key is not to go to some self-help seminar or watching a TV show or or if you just do what I told you, if you just read the owner's mind, if you just read the Bible and did what it says, it'd be for your own good. If you just treat your body the way the Bible tells you to treat it, it'd be for your own good. If you just treat sex the way I tell you, it'd be for your own good. If you just treat money the way I tell you, it's for your own good. Every time you don't listen to God, you're just messing it up. You abuse and misuse and pervert the good gifts God gives has given us sex, money, energy, reputation, everything else you've got. He goes, I want you to succeed in life. Remember, God is a good God. He has plans for our life. And if you would just do what he tells you to do, you'd be a lot more successful. Well, we'd rather go with our own plan. Then you have to ask yourself, how's that working out for you? (laughs) For me, it never works out well. Anytime I disobey God, God says, do it this way. And I do it the other way. And at the moment I start doubting the goodness of God and the fundamental problem has nothing to do with God. It's because I'm not doing what he asked me to do because I think I know better. I think I know what will make me happy more than God does. In fact, I'll just be my own God. And at that point, I doubt the goodness of God. And anytime we do that, we make a fatal mistake because God knows what will make us happy more than we do. You don't even know what will make you happy. You think you do. When I think I, I know I'm going to make myself happy by doing something different than God says to do, it will cause all kinds of problems. We'll be overstressed and overstrained and overburdened and over anxious and overwhelmed because we do it our way. He says, look, I do this for your own good. I'm a parent who loves you. I'm the loving Heavenly Father. And anytime you disobey me, you're just saying, I don't trust you. I don't trust your goodness. I don't Think you know what's best for me. 2,000 years after David wrote that, Jesus said the same thing. John 10.10 in the Amplified says, I've come that you may have real life and enjoy it in abundance to the fullest until it overflows. Jesus says, that's what I want you to have. I want you to have a full life. I want you to have an abundant life. I want you to have an overflowing life. How do we experience that? The idea that nothing is impossible with god is built on the supply mindset that says it's not my weakness it's not my shortage it's god's strength that's going to get me through everything so how do we experience the overflowing life well we need to start with some good daily habits that will help us in this direction the first habit that we can make is to stay connected to jesus every day you got to do this this is the first the most important John 15 5 Jesus compares it to a grapevine he says I am the vine and you are the branches if you stay connected to me you'll produce a lot of fruit but you can't do anything without me years ago I had a friend who started his own making his own wine and beer and he would go out and harvest grapes for his wine and one thing he learned real quick was that if the cluster of grapes happens to be on the grace but it's been cut off it'll die real quick and you can tie on grapes to dead branches but if they've been cut off from the root cut off from the vine they're going to die the same thing is true with you if you try to go through life on your own power you're going to be overwhelmed but if you're connected to the vine and you're plugged into jesus you're going to have power and i've told you this before a toaster can't fulfill its purpose unless it's plugged in, right? A vacuum cleaner cannot fulfill its purpose unless it's plugged into power. You as a human being, as a woman, as a man, can't fulfill your purpose unless you're plugged into power. If you're cut off like a grape branch from the vine, you're going to shrivel up and die. You're going to be overwhelmed because you've got to stay connected. You can't do it on your own. Jesus says, I'm the energy, I'm the power. So how do you stay connected to Jesus on a daily basis? Well, spend time with him, right? Not hard. We've talked about this previous pod about having a banquet in the Bible. And that every day when you wake up in the morning and you sit down and you read the Bible for a little bit, let God talk to you. You talk to God and you have a conversation. It's called prayer. You listen, you be quiet, you spend some time. Quietness in this day and age is really rare. My wife just went away and she went on vacation to this for a very short trip. And as she's in the hotel, they pipe music in. There wasn't a place where she could go where it was quiet because she wanted to go on a telecon and she had to go somewhere and it was loud everywhere you go. It is so different to just be still before God. And that's one of the hardest things to do to be quiet, to spend some time with God. And it doesn't have to start out long. You can start out short and then build. See, you can't have a relationship with your husband or wife or your best friend if you don't spend time with them. If you're not spending any time with God, you don't have a relationship with God. And to have a relationship, you have to have proximity. You have to have frequency. The way you stay connected is to have that daily time alone with God. And then throughout the day, you just kind of review it and go back over it. John fifteen seven to 11 says this, If you stay connected to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like, that's in prayer, and it will be granted, that's a promise. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings glory to my Father, so stay connected to my love. You stay connected to my love when you obey me. I've told you this, so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your cup of joy will overflow. There's that word, that overflowing life, rather than the overwhelmed life, comes from being connected to God. It means you got to spend time with Him, you got to remain in Him. So how do you do that? There's a word in the Bible of how to stay connected. It's called meditation. Now when I say the word meditation, I know what you automatically think. You think, you know, Om um, and contemplating the wind in your clothes or whatever. No, 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 that's Easter meditation, new age meditation. Meditation is just really just seriously thinking about it over and over again. So you get a verse, you read it, and then you think about it. And you question, you know, you question it and you ask about it and you think about it. I mean, how many of you know how to worry? Dumb question, right? Worry comes natural to us. If you are a pro at worry, you are a pro at meditation. When you take a negative subject and you go over it over and over in your mind, it's called worry. That's like you worry about something bad's about to happen. When you take a verse from the Bible, a promise from God, and you go over it in your mind, it's called meditation. It's a positive thing. So some of you are pros and don't even know it, because you've never done it before. But if you worry or fear or have an anxiety and think about it over and over, well, switch it up. Look at a verse. Look at a promise go over it over and over again and instead of being overwhelmed you go to overflowing because when you think about something negative over and over and over it leaves you to be overwhelmed while you think about a verse from the bible or a promise that jesus has for us you turn to overflowing he says if you let my words remaining in you notice the promise he says you may ask any request you like and it will be granted it's a blank check for prayer you say well wait a minute I'm not seeing this in my life. I pray a lot. and I don't see a lot of answers. Well, maybe you're not connected like you think you are. When was the last time you spent an expended period of time just alone with God saying, Hey, God, is there anything you want to tell me? When was the last time you were alone with God for more than 30 seconds? You're not connected. Maybe you've been cut off and you don't even realize it. No way you're going to have any fruit in your life. You've been cut off from the vine. You're not going to be overflowing. You're going to be overwhelmed because you're not connected. The more connected you are, the more fruit you're going to bear. The more success you'll have in your life, the more good fortune God says you're going to have in your life if you stay connected to him. It's a simple principle, but it's one that we overlook over and over again. We think that maybe we're doing a lot better than we think we are. So examine that and say, you know what? Am I really as connected to my God as I think I am? Well, today is a new day. So tomorrow morning, whenever you hear this, you're going to wake up. What are you going to do in the morning when you wake up? I can tell you in my life, it is a guarantee. If I wake up and I talk to God first thing, if I thank him in gratitude, my day is different. If I connect with God before I do anything else, my day is completely different. If I don't do that, I'm worried, I'm stressed, I don't do what I'm supposed to do. It's amazing. Everything starts when you get up on the right side of the bed by talking to God first. So daily habit number one, stay connected for the overflowing life to Jesus. Well, we ran out of time. I got three more. I got three more, I think. Three more daily habits. So next time we're going to continue on the habits of an overflowing life. So I hope this podcast encouraged you. God bless and I'll see you next week.